All right. Got to start back where I left off. It kind of cut us out at 30 minutes. I guess I can't go any longer. Just too bad because I only had one more page left. Um, maybe they wouldn't, said Lena. Maybe we could talk and work something out. I don't think so, said Dune. Tick and his warriors would never just sit. They want to fight. Lena drew up her knees and rested her chin on them. Something good, she thought. What good act would turn things around? We could volunteer to be roamers, she said. A whole lot of us. So they wouldn't have to feed us and we could just bring things back to them. We don't know how to be roamers, said Dune. We don't even have truck or oxen. We wouldn't know where to go. We could say we do all the worst jobs, Lena said. But that wouldn't be fair, said Dune impatiently. Why should we? That's no good. He stood up, slapping the dry grass from his pants. I think it's too late for any of that. None of it's going to work. Lena stayed where she was, still thinking. She desperately wanted to find an answer, but no answer came to her. Her spirit sank, and she suddenly felt tired. Well, then, we just have to be on the lookout, she said. Some chance might turn up. We have to watch for it. I don't know what else to do. She knew how to we how weak and silly this sounded. But to her surprise, Dune smiled. That's like what my father told me when I was working in the pipeworks. Pay attention, he said. It was a good idea then. I suppose it still is. Anyway, I guess it's the best we can do. Lena dropped her apple core on the ground and scuffed some dirt over it and then trudged back to the doctor's house. Dune stayed there for lunch instead of going to the Partons, and then he headed back to the hotel. Lena meant to spend the rest of the day thinking as hard as she could about the choice she'd have to make tomorrow. She sat on the window seat sideways, her legs stretched out, and she tried to get her mind to produce ideas. But she kept coming up against the two walls. Fight. She didn't want to fight. Or leave. She didn't want to leave. A slow fly buzzed around against the window. Wind stirred in the grape leaves outside. Think, thought Lena. Pay attention. And then she fell asleep. Chapter 26. The Weapon. Morning came. Dune got up. He had to be ready for anything, so he rolled up his blankets and made a pack for all of his clothes, everything he had. His father and the others did the same. Downstairs, out in the front of the hotel, the people of Ember were gathering and swarming about, loud and distressed and confused. Tick roamed, the, roamed among them, urging courage, inspiring them to stand up for their rights, telling them the time had come to battle. His eyes flashed with cold light. His voice rang out like the high, urgent tone of a bell. Very often, the people he spoke to seemed to catch fire from his words and filled with the burning desire to fight. Over half the people of Ember joined with Tick to be warriors. Some of them had wrenched the towel racks from their bathroom walls. Others grabbed rocks or branches to use as weapons. They started down the road to the village, and the rest of the Emberites followed in a confused mass. Dune went too. The morning sun, already hot, blazed down on him. Wind rifled his hair and his shirt. His mind was in turmoil, his heart thudding like a fist in his chest. Tick and his warriors, carrying their towel racks, their sink pipes, their shards of glass, strode along, roaring their battle cry. We will not go. We will not go. More and more people picked up the chant as they came into the streets of the village, and at the doors and windows, faces appeared, shocked, face, shocked faces, and people still in their nightgowns. They shouted to each other, Look, the cave people are coming. The cave people are coming. They're coming into town. Other windows flew open and doors and people stepped out into the streets, unsure whether to be angry or afraid. All the people of Ember had come. No one had stayed behind to wait for the trucks that would take them out into the empty lands. All of them had to know what was going to happen. They had to be there, whatever it was. They poured into the plaza and stood packed together. The warriors roaring and the others nervous, some of them half hiding in the doorways or behind trees, 
afraid of what was going to happen, not sure if they wanted to be a part of it. Tick roared out his challenge. People of Sparks, we refuse to leave. We are here to make our demands, and if you will not meet them, we will fight. We will fight, roared the warriors. Others looked at each other fearfully. Will we? From a side street, Ben Barlow appeared running. He bounded up into the steps of the town hall, faced the crowd, and yelled back, What are you doing here? This is an outrage. This is unacceptable. You're leaving today, leaving here for good. We will not go, screamed the crowd. Wilmer! Mary! shouted Ben. The other two leaders followed him up the stairs. Clear out now, they shouted. Back to the hotel. Move back. Move back. They stood in front of the crowd and tried to press them backwards, but it was no use. There were simply too many Emberites. Ben darted at Tick and tried to grab him, but Tick struck him with his rod and he lurched sideways, clutching his arm. No one had expected the Emberites to have weapons. Dune was standing on the river side of the plaza, slightly apart from the main crowd. He had a feeling things were right on the edge of chaos, right on the edge between being in control and being out of control. It was frightening. The yelling, the waving of the weapons, the people of Ember filling the plaza, and the people of Sparks crowding in around the edges. Their faces full of rage and fear. Maybe, thought Dune, the leaders will be willing to discuss our demands. Maybe we can talk, and everything will be all right. It was the only ray of hope he could use, or he could see. These are our demands, cried Tick. Listen carefully. But Ben just screamed back. We've heard enough from you. We're finished talking to you. No more talking, no more demands. When he heard that, Dune felt a jolt of fur, fury. It launched him into action. He sprang up into the bench to listen and shouted at the top of his lungs at Ben. At least listen! That drew the attention of Chugger, who was standing near him. He lunged at Dune, but Dune leaped away. He heard Ben's voice shout, Catch that boy! Angry faces turned around toward him. Arms reached to grab he ducked and swerved and wove his way along the edge of the crowd, and as soon as he was in the clear, he ran. But he didn't go far. He had to stay close to the plaza. He had to know what was going to happen. He ran up the river road and darted behind the town hall, where a few garbage barrels stood by the back door. He paused for a moment. Was anyone following him? From the plaza came a roar, and then a voice shouting, What was happening? Dune had to know. He pushed against the town hall back door. It opened easily and he slipped inside. A hallway led toward the front of the building. On the right was a flight of stairs. Surely he thought no one was in here. They were all outside dealing with the army of Emberites. He ran up the stairs and at the top he found himself in the tower room. It was a square room with windows on all sides. A table stood in the middle with straight back chairs around it. Dune below, down below was the plaza swarming with people. The noise was like a roar of water. Tick was at the front of the crowd. Dune could see the top of his head like a shiny black stone and his steel, his steel rod glittering, glittering in the sun. Straight below were the steps of the town hall and the tops of the head of the three leaders. To his right, the windows were partially blocked by the branches of the great pine tree and stood next to the town hall. When he looked out the window towards the rear of the building, he saw the town hall roof below. This was perfect. He could see what was going on to happen. He could hear it, too, because the windows were open, and he realized if he stayed here, he wouldn't have to decide whether he was going to fight or not. This seemed a bit like cheating, but he was relief. There was, but it was a relief, too. The thought of taking part in a bloody brawl had filled him with dread. Standing to the side of the front window, Dune looked down. Right below him was Ben Barlow. He could see the wiry gray hair on the top of his head and his hand waving furiously in the air. 
Mary Waters and Wilmer Dent had stepped up behind Ben. Mary tried to take him by the arm, but he shook her off. He made his hands into a megaphone for his mouth. We will not be threatened, he shouted. We are in charge of this town. It is our place. We built it. We own it. He yelled so loudly that his voice rasped and cracked. You are destroying our way of life. You must go. The crowd rumbled. They pressed forward. Clouds came over the sun and a vast shadow swept across the plaza. You may try to make us leave, shouted Tick, but we are here to stay. The air seemed to quiver with rage, or was it just the wind? Everything was moving. The clouds raced overhead. The branches of the trees thrashed, and the emberites raised the motley of weapons. Up on the roof of the tower, the flag of sparks whipped and snapped on its pole. Dune could hear it, though he could not see it. He felt the wind whirling through his mind as well. His father's words came back to him. When the fight is over, what do we have? A place destroyed. People who hate each other. Standing above it all in the tower, he had a strange feeling of being separate, belonging neither to one side of the fight nor the other. Whose side was he on? Not on Ben, certainly, but not on Tick's either, with the warriors calling out threats and eager for a fight. Ben held up his hands and shouted again, We warned you, and we're ready for you. His voice was hoarse. I'll give you one last chance. Will you leave or not? With his head, with his head thrust forward and his hands tightened into fists, he waited for an answer. No, screamed Tick. His armies bellowed out with him. No, never. No. Ben dashed to the door of the town hall. Wilmer went with him, and together they darted inside. Dune froze, afraid they might climb up to the tower. But they came out onto the steps again, right away, pulling a thing of black metal that ran on wheels. For a moment, the clamor of the crowd ceased as they craned their necks, trying to see over each other's heads. Dune had a good view from where he stood, but he still had no idea what that thing was. He knew it must be the weapon, but it looked like a great black insect. It stood on black iron legs. It had complicated black iron body, nearly as long as a truck, studded with hooks and boxes and points. A narrow scarf of ridged metal hung across it. It was ugly. Dune thought like the skeleton of a monster. Ben turned the thing so that it was pointing out over the crowd. He stood behind it, his feet planted wide. This is your last chance, he shouted, at the crowd disperse or we'll take or take the consequences. Mary Waters dashed toward him. No, Ben, we can't do this. We agreed, he cried. Stand back. Now the crowd in the plaza sensed danger and began to push backwards. Tick cried, Stand your ground. But Dune saw him take a step back too. Ben squatted at the rear end of the weapon. Leave now and take the gang of hoodlums with you, he shouted, or I fire. Fire? thought Dune. What does that mean? It was clear that Tick didn't know either. You have one weapon, he shouted, but we have many. As he raised the rod in his hand and behind him, his warriors did the same. Ben gave a furious shout. He was crouched over the weapon. Dune saw his bent, saw his bent back and his arms jerking at the machine. Nothing happened. His arm jerked again harder. At the same time, Mary rushed forward. She aimed a powerful kick at the nose of the weapon, bumping it upward, and the weapon in a harsh machine voice began to chatter. Uh, 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 it went, turning its snout back and forth. People in the crowd began to scream. Dune couldn't see the first that the weapon was doing. What was the point of its loud, fur furious shuddering? The noise was horrible, but the weapon was staying in one place, not flying out into the crowd. Was it shooting something out of it? Yes. Across the plaza, over the heads of Dune saw a line of holes punching into a wall, splintering a window. But the weapon suddenly stopped its chattering. 
And June looked down and saw Ben give it a furious shake. And shake it again, pounded on its nose to aim it lower to the crowd, yelling in a panic, and scrambled backwards. Mary shouted and tried to rush toward Ben, but Wilmer grabbed her arm. And then the weapon exploded. No chattering this time, just a spurt of fire that shot from the weapon's rear end, knocked Ben flat on his back, and toppled the weapon forward so that it stood on its nose. This made the fire shoot straight upward, a column of bright orange scattering sparks and reaching towards the branch of the pine tree that hung over the town hall steps. From his place in the tower, Dune watched, horrified. Where was his father in this frenzied crowd? Where was Lena? Below him, the pine tree was on fire. The building would be on fire, too, in minutes, because the tree stood right up against it. Smoke was already curling through the window. He had to get out. And that's when he heard a scream. Not from the plaza below, but from somewhere up above. A bird? An animal in the pine tree? A second later, an (coughs) echoing scream arose from the crowd. Dune heard someone cry, The tree! Up in the tree! Someone's there! Dune was at the door, all ready to flee down the stairs, but he heard the scream again. And it sounded close, so he darted back to the tower room and ran to the window that faced the tree. The lower branches of the pine tree was a mass of flames. He could hear the rush and roar of the fire as it raced among the dry needles. When he turned his gaze upward, he saw what the screaming was about. A boy was clinging to a branch a little higher up than the tower roof, hugging the trunk of the tree and screaming in terror as the fire swept upward. Kenny, Dune thought, was it? He couldn't tell for sure, but he knew it could. he couldn't leave him there. Maybe somehow he could get him in through the window. He opened it as far as he could. It was kind of a window that swung outwards on hinges. And then he grabbed one of the chairs from the table. Holding it out by its back, he thrust it out the window as far as he could. Climb down, he shouted to the boy in the tree. Climb down, quick. The boy saw him. With a start, Dune realized who it was. It wasn't Kenny at all. It was Torn the one who had started so much trouble, the one who had pointed a lying finger at Dune. For one furious second, Dune felt the urge to leave Torn in his fate and get himself out of the tower as fast as he could. But he pushed that thought away and shouted louder, Hurry, get down! Torn clambered down through the branches, down towards the flames beneath him. When he was opposite of the tower window, he was still too far to reach the legs of the chair. He edged out along a branch, but it was a slender branch and it bent under his weight. Jump, Dune yelled, jump and catch the chair legs. I'll pull you in. Torn crawled back to where the branch was sturdier. He stood up, then he froze. He stood clutching the tree trunk, staring down at the flames, his mouth a dark O. Jump, screamed Dune again. Smoke was pouring into the tower room. Hurry, you can do it. A gust of wind, the flames leaped. Now the branches just below Torn's feet were blazing and suddenly he made up his mind. Dune could see the moment of decision in his face. He clamped his lips tight. He fastened his gaze to the chair dangling out of the window, and then he pushed himself away from the trunk with his hands and flung himself toward the tower. His hands caught the rung between the chair legs, and Dune's whole body was yanked forward. He almost lost grip of the chair, but not quite. Hang on, he yelled, and with all his strength, he hauled the chair upward, and when Torrin's hands were within reach, He grabbed one of them and then both of them, letting the chair topple back to the ground. One last heave and Torn was in the tower room, shaking so violently that he could hardly stand. Now, said Dune, let's go. He headed for the door over the sill of the window. Torn had just come through and crept a row of flames (coughs) like sharp orange claws. (laughs) 